Boo. Boo. It's Halloween. October 31st. Boo. 2022. Hi, everybody. Boo. I'm Larry Jacobs. Ghosts aside, thanks for being with us today. And I hope you have a happy and fun Halloween. Okay? It is good. I live near Salem, Massachusetts, and I heard from my sister-in-law, who lives literally downtown, that over 100,000 people were in Salem, which is the Halloween capital, it seems, of the United States over this past weekend. So uh, every day, I might add, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's pretty wild, and today we'll con- the, the craziness will continue. Okay, it is a fun place to spend Halloween. All right, so, uh, but we live in Maine, and uh, I hope wherever you are, it's a beautiful day like it is here today. We got a wonderful show. I know it's beautiful where my guest is. Well, I'm assuming it is. Usually nice down there. She's in South Florida. I've got Nordia Sap. I'm Larry Jacobs, by the way. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. We've got Nordia Sappleton here today. Nordia's been with us before. She's the Director of Product Marketing over at Navigate 360, which is one of the companies we work with because they're so very involved in school safety and uh, and all the behavioral health, the physical health, et cetera, aspects, okay, of running a school district these days, all right? And Nordia, in a former life, all right, was the assistant director of school climate and discipline and Broward County schools. Okay. Central administration. All right. So she's got some great strategies for us on thinking about how to implement PBIS and all the interventions that they may need. uh, The kids may need and the teachers may need too. I might add it's tough out there these days and we're trying to do everything we can with our seltoday.org website. Okay, to try to make this all happen. We're going to archive the show over at our main website, which is ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education. I hope you go over there see all the stuff we do. Everything we do is linked over there, our teacher retention, the SEL, all the podcasts like this one are archived over there as well. So um, I hope you go over and check out ace-ed.org. And let me bring on uh, Nordia here. And I'll find out how the weather is in South Florida. Nordia, how's the weather in South Florida? Happy Halloween. Hi, good morning. Happy Halloween to you as well. It is a beautiful, (laughs) sunny day down here in South Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's beautiful and sunny here in Maine, too. What's going to be the high temperature today? Oh, it's probably close to 90. I'm not sure. Oh, really? I think it's like 84 really? right now. Oh, my God. Um, I thought so... you were going to say it was cooler <laughs> down there. Well, no, we're going to be 65 today in bright sun, by the way, I might add. Okay, so it's pretty yeah, we... cool. Okay. I do... <laughs> I do we we tease about there. it a lot in Florida and say we have two weeks worth of winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah, where you live, do you think there will be a lot of kids walking through the neighborhood? Or what do you think? Oh, These days. oh yes. Actually, they've actually started because of the weekend. Kids have been trick-or-treating <laughs> wow. from summer. We saw kids doing it from Friday night. They're just, oh just a long weekend of trick-or-treating for kids. Wow. <laughs> so we and hope everyone stocked up on candy. I was just going to say, enough to put you on the spot, what were you giving out? Uh, I hope lo- Were you giving out large almond joys, or what were you giving out? Or did uh, well, you give you out? Know, we give out... We give out the big candy bars because the kids like the big. We don't give out the little exactly. minis, you know, the little Good mini girl. twigs I, and things I of like that nature. Spirit. They don't want that. They want the big bars. Right, that's exactly right. I may go down and trick or treat. Okay. Okay. You're welcome Pretty cool. to come on down. Thank you, Nordia. Your path is a that. lobster. 
<laughs> that's what we do. We're so wealthy up here. I mean, we put live lobsters ready to be cooked into uh, into the kids' bud bags. Right? No, we don't. No, we don't. Okay. So, what can I tell you? Okay. Navigate three six. I want to just start there for a second. You're the director of product marketing over there. Just tell everybody because you've taken your experience from Broward County Schools and they apply it to the industry side, so to speak, to help other schools and other districts. So just talk about, uh, just put uh, Navigate 360 into perspective here. You're on, candy lady. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you again. Well, Navigate 360 is, thank you, Navigate 360 is really a a holistic company. We believe in whole child safety, security, and wellness. And so our portfolio of resources speak to that. We believe that you have to go beyond physical safety. For students, you have to look at the behavioral health and the social emotional needs of students as well. So we take a more comprehensive view of how to support overall school climate so that students and staff on the campus can feel that greater safety and they can be emotionally well in order to um, move forward with the day-to-day lives of teaching and learning. Yeah, and, and you know, this is more important these days than ever because there's such a shortage, and you certainly know this, and you work in Broward County, for goodness sakes, and there's a terrible shortage in Florida of school psychologists and counselors and all those support people. They, they work so hard, the ones we have, to take care of everything. We need all the help we can get to all the educators in the school starting, if I may, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is, this should, needs to begin in pre-K. What's your thought about that? Now, how, when do we begin oh. all this, Nordia? No, I, absolutely. Um, the earlier, the better. And so the more resources and supports that we can provide to students, establishing the expectations and creating just the overall strength and resiliency within their emotional yeah. wellness, the better off students will be ready to embark upon their career in the academic space for K-12. to I, I couldn't agree with you more. And the other thing I want to talk to you about, and, and this, is, this to me is really key, Everybody talks about SEL, and we have seltoday.org, okay? We really care about this, all right? And we, we think it's so important. These And, and, and the last week I'm watching the PBS NewsHour, there was a lady talking about the NAEP scores that came out, and they were so dismal last week, okay? And they said, well, they asked her, what, what caused this? And they said, beyond the pandemic, she said, the first thing she said was social-emotional learning, okay, and psychological health. That's what's causing all this, okay? And this was a lady from the federal government, all right? And it's it just so, it, it's so important these days. And my question to you is, and this is why I think what you guys is, do is so important, all right? And, and, and that is the, the, the schools that are teaching kids, the education schools and colleges uh, still are, are way behind the loop on, on teaching teachers how to handle SEL situations, okay, and how to teach social-emotional learning. All right. And this is really important. And again, I don't care what, what anybody calls it, you know, the uh, SEL, they can call it whatever you want. Okay. But it's life skills. It's skills that help these kids become resilient and all that. And this is why I think what you do is so important because the education schools are behind live. We're asking teachers to do something they're not trained for. That's why they need to navigate 360 who understands this and can present them with actual things that can help them teach it. Your thoughts? That was my speech. Now that you are 
that was my speech for today. <laughs> no, but your, your, yeah. your speech is on point because it, it is true. Um, teachers, not only for their own social emotional wellness, but oh, in yeah. order for them to instruct and to model for this, they need that foundation. They need to understand what it means to, you know, develop relationship skills, be um, helping students understand mm. how to be uh, responsible decision makers, uh, how to um, self-manage their emotions. These things are not necessarily innate. It's just like, you know, when we're in a school oh, no. setting, you need to teach what you expect. If we are expecting our educators to do this, we need to provide them with the tools and resources in order to do so, which is why navigate truly believes in that foundation yeah. and we double down on that because we believe that we have to provide those resources for teachers. We, we, we can't keep doing what ordinarily happens to teachers is um, you want to place mandates or unfunded mandates after mandate on teachers and you don't give them the resources in order to be effective at their jobs. We need to be in there supporting our teachers on a day-to-day -day basis. And one of the ways to do that is to ensure that they have those tools and resources to not only instruct and deliver effective lessons that are yep. integrated within the curriculum for the cell, but they can also ensure that their social emotional wellness is also um, done because we want to make sure that in order for students to be successful, they also need teachers that are able to be right. healthy and they have strong well-beings as well. So it doesn't just stop at the students. It really is a holistic view of how do we support everyone within the social-emotional framework so that academic and behavioral health needs can be addressed across the board. It's, it's so important. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, talk about how, how you guys, you know, don't get into all the details, et cetera. That's for your sales team, okay, to do that. But um, just go, go into what you offer to schools. In, in other words, we say this, here's, a, here's a, a good curriculum, here's some good information, some good stuff from Navigate 360. But what is that stuff, if I may ask? What, what are you giving them? What do they, what do they get well, when they call you? A, a shameless sales well, pitch, but I want to do it because there are so many <laughs> things out there. Okay, and I just I just want to know, you know, just you know, it's easy to say all those. What are you guys actually doing when you go into a school? Well, we provide a variety of different resources for yeah. for cell. Um, first of all, there, there's evidence-based, Castle-informed, and aligned um, curriculum. We have social-emotional curriculum for families. We have them for students. We have them for staff. We truly feel that it needs to be everyone on board in order to understand yep. because you want to be able to have that school to home connection it shouldn't be only what's going on in the school the parents also or whomever that caregiver is for that child needs to also know what's going on and also understand the terminology that is being utilized within that school environment so before you know when a district purchases any of our curriculum Navigate truly believes in maintaining a high standard around implementation and professional development. We also offer tailored professional development around social-emotional implementation because we want to be able to ensure that it is done with fidelity of implementation so that they can actually see the success yeah. that it is intended to reap. So we provide that level of service and support to any of our districts that want to engage 
with resources. So although the districts get to decide how they want their packages to look, Mm -hmm. we provide them with a wealth of resources and professional development supports that are ongoing throughout this process so that they have that um, continued support from our, 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 our teams so that the district person that is ultimately helping to support that school-based person is also supported. So it's not just, oh, we're only doing a one, one, one and done. There is no yeah, one and done with, with Navigate. We, we truly believe in ongoing support. We'll come in, we will check, we will make sure, we will verify. Just like you would if you are looking at a child that you are trying to identify appropriate interventions for and you've identified a targeted behavior and you've said this is the intervention to support that misbehavior, you want to go in and you want to check and you want to see if that intervention is being successful. So the same process is done. You want to be able to look at the data that is being collected to ensure that the implementation of the curriculum or whatever the resource is, is going to be effective. And if it's not, then what needs to be revised in order for you to see the outcomes that is expected to be seen from that particular resource. And, you know, you said something that really struck me a minute ago. You know, for example, I'm not a math teacher, but math teachers really don't expect the parents to be able to help them quote new math and all that sort of stuff, whatever that is they're teaching these days, you know, and, 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 it's, you know, English teachers, they don't expect the parents to have particularly understood Dickens. Okay. If you're an English teacher, okay. Same thing with any teacher, but with social emotional, okay. It's a whole different thing. And it, it, it's the old line it takes a village. Okay, and in this case, it really does. And everybody has to be on the same page. And I love this holistic approach that you're talking about, you know, that the, the parents, the teachers, the kids, the counselors, everybody's on the same page. Okay, and understanding what everybody else is doing so that it kind of really seeps into, quote, the school community. Okay, and, and it makes yeah. a lot of sense. And, I, and, and to me, that's very important. And to, to bring it up there, I want to talk, you know, specifically these days, okay? Um, again, I hate to bring it up, of course, but I have to. We have another school shooting last week in St. Louis. Okay, it was terrible. Okay, we had Uvalde. Mm-hmm. The kids are scared. Teachers are scared, okay? But through all that, we still have to be able to teach the kids. We have to create, and you were responsible for this, a school climate, okay, that, that is positive, Okay, you did this in Broward County, at work, you know, working in central administration as assistant director of school climate. Uh, just talk about that in general. Talk about what you do in terms of these days that we have to live and work in. And that's a key factor these days. It's not like it was even 20 years ago. It has gotten, if I may, crazier and crazier. Um, it, it has certainly become um, a, a lot more challenging for, for yeah, our teachers. That's probably a better way to uh, phrase within... it than crazier and crazier. Thank you. <laughs> a lot more challenging. I You're like welcome. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and because there are so many variables. You know, you have students have the social media aspect. You have their t- traditional social yeah. status within their in- environment. You've got the bullying. You've got so many different factors that are contributing. And so one of the things when you want, when teachers want to ensure that they have a healthy environment for students' overall behavioral health needs, you know, we're going to introduce curriculum for behavior intervention, or you're going to do curriculum around mental health and prevention strategies. But 
one of the things that we really believe wholeheartedly in to establish that structure and expectations within a school environment is to have a strong school-wide positive behavior plan. Because when you have a strong school-wide positive behavior plan, you are setting the stage. There is your overall foundation Mm. right there. And everything builds off of that because it's the school community, it's a stakeholder group. It's a little committee, so you have the teachers, you have the parents, you have a little bit of a stakeholder group that builds that plan. It's not who the, oh, I'm the aspiring administrator, so I'm going to sit in the corner and write the plan. It's truly a collaborative yeah. effort. They look at the data. They look at when are the incidents occurring um, the, for the time of day. Where are they occurring? You know, what students are involved? They really do a deep dive around the data, and they develop three to five expectations, and then they outline rules that will complement that. And then it's a whole school community. It's not just, oh, this is for the common areas, for the cafeteria and, 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 and the auditorium. It is a whole school initiative. And because one of the reasons why it's whole schools is because you have full buy-in. So the teachers, they will adopt those same rules and they will implement that. So their rules within that classroom will mirror the expectations that you have within the um, the school-wide positive behavior plan. So it's not students going from classroom to classroom learning new rules and having different expectations that are obviously it's challenging for students. It is consistent across the board of what that is. And one of the reasons why having a strong school-wide positive behavior plan that hopefully has an 80% buy-in and not something like a 66% buy-in, but has like an 80% buy-in, it will really strengthen that foundation. And then students will know what is expected. And then when you have cycles, like, you know, when things are, you know, whenever students lose their their structure, they Mm -hmm. sometimes – not necessarily manage their behaviors appropriately because they've lost that structure. So like it's Halloween right now, there've been lots of activities going on in schools. It's the holiday season. So there's going to be some disruption to, to the school environment. So when you're having, you know, situations like this, when you have a strong school-wide positive behavior plan, it's very easy for the teacher or the school community to reorient students back. It is easy for them to strengthen the structure when it comes to the holiday time period because everything is foundational with that school-wide positive behavior plan because it's rooted in what the overall expectations are. And the children are already taught what that meant it wasn't that oh we said that you were supposed to cooperate with your classmate well you didn't show me what that meant you didn't teach Mm -hmm. me what that meant all of that has already been addressed up front so it's reorienting kids and that reorientation is really critical especially at this time of year when districts tend to know this, they get a little bit of an uptick in their discipline data this, these times yeah. of year as we head into the holidays. And so one of the best strategies that schools can utilize is to reorient them back to that um, their, their school-wide positive behavior plan. When kids know what their expectations and they understand the rules and they have those models in place, then they will be able to manage their behavior more effectively when the structure becomes a little loose during these times of year. You know, that's a, that's a very good point. And 
uh, when the kids come back from from one of these, I'll call it the disruptive holiday time, which is the holidays are fun, but they're disruptive. Okay, and and I'm curious, well, how how do you want when when you say reintegrate them back in? What what are you really what are you really saying? Okay, how do you how do you picture that? Well, in some districts, you know, what this looks like is they'll do like these one-off, you know, grade-level assemblies. That's not effective. When you have a true school-wide positive behavior plan, you have to go beyond just your general assemblies. Yes, it's important for the students to hear from the administrators, to hear the expectations, but the more critical piece is the classroom element. The integration of those three to five expectations that are outlined in that school-wide positive behavior plan and the rules. Because when you have the expectations, I expect everyone to cooperate because we notice that everyone was fighting in the hallway, for example. And so we're going to say cooperate. You want to cooperate with others. Well, what's the rule going to be? Well, we're going to keep our hands to ourselves or we're going to maintain the traffic moving or whatever the the school decides that rule should be. But when you're integrating that, it's almost like you're recalibrating the the, the children when you are reminding them of those expectations. This is not something that is done on a daily basis, but you do it as needed. And when you look at the data, the data will tell you that during these times or when you have those big breaks between, you know, the December and coming back to January or spring break and kids are returning mm-hmm. back, when you have those large breaks, children forget. And people think that, oh, they're old enough to remember high school students get a lot of flack for this because the expectation for high school students is that you're old enough to remember, but they are still children and they still need that structure and they still need us as their instructional support to be able to remind them of what the expectations are and what the rules are. From time to time, we need reminders. So why wouldn't we also give that same courtesy to the children that we are teaching in our school environment? So those gentle reminders, that foundation, teaching it in the classroom, taking the time to actually teaching and modeling it in the classroom is the most critical piece because just because I have a school-wide positive behavior plan and the administrator comes up and they do a general assembly with, you know, the 300 kids that are in that grade level, that's all fine and dandy, but that's not going to resonate with the student. What resonates with the student is when the teachers are tying it back and doing those lessons that have been developed to support the expectations and the rules. That's where it really comes home because now to model, they get to practice, they get all those opportunities. Whereas if you're a sit and take, you're not getting that opportunity. And half the time the kids are playing on their phones and they're not listening to those assembly presentations anyway. So that's why that classroom element is so critical for that reinforcement and for students to truly understand what they need to be doing as they go throughout the day. I, I think I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm curious how you see it playing out. I'm going to pretend it's me. I was a history teacher, okay? So my kids are coming back, and I was I taught in, in middle school, okay? So my, my kids are the kids are coming back from let's say Thanksgiving, 
okay, which is a pretty fun time. Okay, there's been a little bit of disruption. Okay, but I'm a history teacher in ninth grade. Okay, and now should the should the school administration set up the first day back as all the teachers setting up to to do a good lesson that that promotes this? How do you see it playing out in the history class? I'm, I'm just curious. I want people to understand that. You you'll know the answer to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you within do? the school-wide positive, <laughs> yeah, because within the school-wide positive behavior plan, the structure is once they they have developed it, they've looked at the data, they developed the, which targeted behaviors they want to correct, and it's being implemented within the classroom. You have lesson plans. The the team develops lesson plans. Those are the same lesson plans that they use back in August, September, whenever the school starts. Right. Mm-hmm. So when students have larger breaks and you're coming back from a one week, two week break and or so forth, you, the classroom teacher, history teacher, English teacher, PE teacher, whomever, you have your homeroom class, you can remind the students that, you know, welcome back, hope you had a wonderful mm-hmm. break, you know, kind of set the stage. And you can say, so we've had some breaks and we want to make sure that everyone remembers what the expectations are. And you speak to and you go over it because you should have it in the classroom, it should be posted, what the three to five expectations are. And then you talk about the rules and then what, how those rules complement the expectations. And then you provide opportunities through the lesson planning for students to learn and then to practice. They can do little skits. Kids can even come up with You can get creative with it. They can come mm-hmm. up with their own yeah. examples, put them in groups, let them come up with their own examples of how you would model this particular behavior or if this was done, you know, you have a group that's being this, how would you want to correct that? What should be done instead? So there are lots of ways you can demonstrate this and let kids have opportunities to learn this. But one of the things that I want to take an opportunity to um, just call out is it's something that's not necessarily, um, not everyone buys into this, but the research does show that when students are involved in writing the classroom rules that complement that school-wide expectation, it gives them greater buy-in because they now own it. They were the ones that created it. And also I want to take the time to just remind the audience that um, there are times throughout the year where you're going to notice that you might need to revise your rules. It's not that you develop them in the beginning of the year and they're done and that's in there locked in for life and that's it. If you need to revise a rule that complements the expectation and they need to, the teachers need to feel empowered to do so. Students need to feel empowered to be able to say, hey, Ms. Sappleton, we're noticing X, Y, and Z. Can yes. we talk about revising the rules? Giving the kids the opportunity to have a say in how their classroom environment functions so more academic learning can take place is something that is important. But you do that through the establishment of what you are structuring up and expecting your students to do as a part of their responsibilities. So you can create that level of environment within your classroom, and teachers that do that tend to have students that behave more appropriately and hold each other accountable without any aspects or backlashes of bullying or anything along those lines. They tend to be more successful 
when they integrate those types of um, inclusionary practices for the students into the overall school environment. And, and I love what you just said. You know, you, you do all this, teachers, and it leads to better academic learning. Uh, this is not an end-all in and of itself, SEL, and, and, and the holistic look at physical behavior and psychological health and safety, okay? This leads to better academic learning. When the kids are comfortable, they learn, all right? It's that simple. And one other thing, I just want to ask you this before we go, okay? No idea. We, we keep talking about whole school, whole school, whole school, but to me, it needs to also be thought of as whole district because you can't have kids in elementary school following one set of rules. Then they go to middle school, okay, and nobody gives a darn what happened. And You know what I mean? It has to – I hope a good, solid central administration understands it has to follow through. In my opinion, I'd love your thoughts on it for a couple of minutes, K-12. That's my thought. Oh, no. You're absolutely correct. You know, in our last conversation, you know, we talked about it takes a village. It really does does. take a village. And my perspective when I was district, essentially office, one of the things we said is that we serve the school and the school community. That was our job. Our job is just to push papers. Our job is to service that school and that school community. And so whatever resources and supports that those schools needed, we needed to be able to find a way to get it to them. And so those, that was our perspective. That was how our department operated. And so when schools reached out and asked for certain things, we reviewed, make sure it wasn't something, you know, outlandish. You have to make it's sure it's in nuts, alignment yeah. with, yeah. with your, you know, the data. The data We'd does like a helicopter, please. Yeah. We, we want a helicopter. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we'll definitely be able to do that. And it is the same thing. <laughs> when we're looking at the data at the district and we're pushing into the school, it's not that the district is pushing in and saying, well, your data looks terrible and you need da 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 It is not that. It is we recognize that there is a need. And so you reach out to that school leader and you have a conversation with the school leader. You say, we would like you to bring your team, your leadership team together. And we sit collaborative and we review the data and we talk about what it is that they feel might be needed in order to correct some of the data outliers that need to be addressed, and the district then says their pieces around what we also feel will need to be. And we, as a district team coming in to support that school, will develop a plan because it's not all, all on that school. It is district has deliverables too. How are we going to maintain that support ongoing and with fidelity because we don't want to come in, oh, we're going to see you, you know, we'll see you in another couple of months and check on these then. It is not that. The plans for the district needs to be just as comprehensive and supportive as what we expect the schools to be doing. It is truly a partnership, and that was why at the district level we felt that our job was to provide a service schools are our customers and what do we say in the business world the customer is always always right, right. So you got it give them what they need and yeah, that's I love what the way we you... did and, and i and, and if districts continue to maintain that that mindset and just look at the data and support their schools based off of their 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 um people 
EIS framework so that they can provide the resources that are necessary for schools and our students so that they're emotionally well, they're academically strong, and they are behaviorally able to manage the challenges that are facing them, then we will have healthier schools as we go on through next the rest of this school year. And healthier kids, I might add. Nordia, you're always welcome here. I re- thank you for do- for being with us today. That was excellent. I, I love listening to you. Thank you. Thank you stuff. so much for the invitation. I appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome here anytime, literally. Okay, so please, let's stay in touch. And I thank you. Okay, you have a good day. Happy Halloween. Keep giving out bigger candy bars. Thanks. Good for the teeth. Good for the teeth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good right. one. Thank you. Thank you, Nordia. You're wonderful. Thanks. Hey, everybody, that was Nordia Sappleton from Navigate 360. It's a good company, Navigate360.com. And it's 360 because it's holistic, the whole thing. Okay? Check it out, Navigate360.com. And also check out ace-ed.org. We'll archive the podcast over there, and everything else we do is over there. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Jacobs. Have a good day, and happy Halloween.